Yo. Yo. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. Welcome back on a woolly mammoth. Look at her, all, all, all pristine, clean, and like a mean machine. It's G. What's going on, G? What up, y'all? First of all, I missed y'all, and I'm happy to be back. Man, we're happy to have you back. And of course, Cassandra Malata. We're going to be joined at some point by the man, the myth, the legend himself, Kairos Bodley. But, you know, we've got a lot to get to. But you know what? I don't care. We're gonna kind of like just ease into this this week. I'm interested in what you all have been doing. First off, Chisanga, what have you been up to? What is keeping you awake at night? What is floating your boat? Oh, what's keeping me awake at night? Um, trying not to think of how much me and my wife spent on our second wedding, but uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. It was, it was it was all worth it. No, I mean, I've just been. Uh, getting back as you know obviously I've been away for like the last two weeks so it was just a holiday getting married again and just been getting back into the groove of things getting back into writing a couple of features going to be writing a feature on uh, the Black Panther the one the only Dominique Wooding who nice Cage Warriors uh, Double Trouble I think that's on the 11th or the 10th of December mm-hmm. so uh, yeah just looking for, like crafting that piece right now and yeah, just re- recapping Dom's story because as as, as we uh, as we've discussed many many a time, one of the hottest bantamweight prospects in in the world, I I believe, not just in the, the UK. And then he had that two fight skid in Bellator, and I yeah. think I think that kind of did him the world of good, and it forced him to uh, to, to to reassess himself, reassess how he's training, and just just switch things up. And obviously. Um, there's uh well him claiming the cage warriors title in this only a second fight in the promotion is uh is a testament to him making those changes so looking forward to putting that piece out later this week so you know what we want to get to we will just want to rush straight to the chase who's he got i don't know yet i don't know the promotion, the promotion i haven't said i don't have any inside information yet but uh yeah i think you'll you'll be competing on the the yeah it's a, it's a double header the cage warriors are doing so i think that's double trouble i think they're calling double it, trouble, it? yeah i think that's on the 11th so actually 11th of december so us mma fans have got plenty of mma to be watching that day because that's uh that will be hours before poirier versus uh Oliveira, that card mm. so, a great day of mma in december 11th nice i am looking forward to seeing um his defense of his title because i know he's lost before but i just feel that losing in Bellator, especially, you know, one of the biggest stages on on the planet, um, has done in the world of good. You can see that he's gone back to the drawing board and he hasn't been too despondent that he hasn't actually set his sight on a world title and look where he is right now. I mean, love them or loathe them as a promotion, you can't deny this. That does seem to be an almost um, fast track to the UFC if you can rack up enough wings and if you can rack 
um, up a title and a title defense. So he's going exactly the right way about this. And it's really good to see him at that position now. It's absolutely amazing. But Jay, what have you been up to? What's, what's been keeping you busy? What's been keeping you away from the show? Um, I was struggling with a bout of depression, but I'm getting better and I'm making my way back to normalcy. So I thought I'd drop by and say hello and I'm doing well, much better. And what have I been up to? Don't get jealous. I went to UFC 268. I was in the building for Michael Chandler and Justin Gaethje bitches, you hear me? I was there. I was there to see that beautiful, beautiful, violent ass fight. And the card was amazing. I did not appreciate the USA chance or the chance for Colby. I don't know why New York was bugging. We're pretty much a liberal state, but I forgot MMA fans ain't shit. And they also chanted, fuck Joe Biden. I don't even like Joe Biden, but I'm just like, why are we chanting political chants? But anyway, the fights were great. I ate a lot. My bank account, it showed that I ate a lot at the the event. But y'all, I was there from the first prelim to the last, to Usman and Kobe, and it was a wonderful experience. Incredible. You know, I don't want to gloss over this because it is a serious point, but I'm glad that you've been quite open about you know, your struggles and why you've been away. Because I think a lot of the time, especially on social media, there does tend to be this facade that's put up that everything's all right. And I think that we need to normalize talking about mental health and especially when we are actually struggling with it because it makes it less of a stigma and it makes it more palatable for more people to actually open up and say, look, I'm struggling here. Instead of- Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't mind sharing my struggles on the podcast or with y'all or on the timeline. A couple, you know, people did notice that times I was um, glum, but I'm getting much better. But it, it, I do think we need to talk about it more because I'm sure just me talking about it, someone's like, I can relate. Yeah. And the reason why that I haven't been on the show is because the depression actually caused me to be inconsistent. I could not be consistent to be on the show because I literally sometimes couldn't get out of bed. I was so sad or that's what depression does. It kind of keeps you from doing the things that you love. And one of those things was consistently podcasting. And I just couldn't do it. And, you know, me and me and you talked about it in great lengths, Mike. But yeah. I, I literally sometimes couldn't get out of bed. And if I wasn't getting out of bed, Mike, there's no way I was r- running my mouth on this show. I just couldn't do it. <laughs> so because I'm feeling a little better, I'm here. And I went to the fight. I feel rejuvenated and I'm getting there. And look at this turn up for the books. Look at us, media owner and journalist, actual proper journalist, didn't get to go to the fights. And here's G, the superstar G on the timeline, went to the fights. So I want to delve more into that. In terms of like the atmosphere, in terms of like the hoopla that actually went down there, what were the sights? What were the sounds? What were you actually experiencing as you looked around? Um, I experienced, what did I experience? A lot of chanting, like the crowd was into this. I mean, we were wooing, we were gay chi, gay chi, gay chi. <laughs> we was just a lot of chanting, a lot of wooing, a lot of fun. Um, the only bad thing I would say is that there was a lot of seat hopping because, you know, a lot of New Yorkers didn't show up for the fight until like ah. the main event or after the main event. So there was like a lot of room to kind of move around. So mm. Like when Alex Pierre fought, he has a fan base. So suddenly I had like the whole road to myself, except for two other people. When he came to fight, the people from up top or wherever just came and flooded the area. I don't know if you saw the picture I posted. Some drunk guy next to me 
He was a <laughs> Yes, he was pissy drunk and he dropped something. And he dropped something for so long that his crack was attacking me. Like it was literally right here. He was bent over with his ass out for so long that I started taking selfies. And then not only did I start taking selfies with his ass crack, some of the selfies I didn't like. So I was like, let me change the angle. Let me get that. <laughs> I, I had that much time to get the perfect selfie. And then when his fat ass got up and he turned around, I let him have it. And that was the second time I cursed him out. So there were like quite a few fans drunk and like bopping around the seats and stuff like that. But the event itself was awesome. It was worth every penny. I got a last minute hookup. Fuck Kairos. Fuck Jimmy for not joining me. I'll get in his ass when he shows up. <laughs> but regardless that they couldn't join me, I had a ball. And guess what, Mike? What's because that? I was because I was by my oh and Chisanga, because I was by myself. I did a spaces, but I couldn't talk. So every time something exciting happened, I just was like, listen to the crowd, listen to the crowd. I think so, I, saw the, I saw a Twitter clip where somebody's do, uh, recorded the spaces and then you just jump in. They're going crazy right crazy. now. They're going crazy. They're going crazy. So like people in the spaces kind of enjoyed that because then they were like, something's about to happen, even though I was giving it away. And I would also turn on my mic when they were chanting. So everyone is getting a kick out of that. But overall, I had a really good time. No, that's good. Did you guys make it? Did you guys enjoy the event? Like, what you what were your thoughts? Oh, it was phenomenal. It was like, I mean, I can't recall a card in mixed martial arts or boxing in general where you've had eleven crazy fights in a row. Like eleven, it was it was phenomenal. It delivered from from top to bottom. It really it really really did and. I think uh, the fact that it delivered just is serves as a reminder to people. And I don't know why people don't do this when they're at home or when they have a ticket to the event, watch the prelims, take in the prelims. It, it completely, it completely baffles me. It really, and, really does. And, and speaking of which, I mean, really and truly that is underlined by you being here, G, because that is one thing that you drummed into me as soon as we started podcasting together. What do you mean you're missing the early prelims? I mean, the prelims, I personally feel, for me, was a, a, a massive draw. So much so that I was looking at, <clears throat> well, looking forward to more, looking forward to Ian Gary and um, Alex Pereira. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and to me, I, I hear the draw and I see the draw of the main card and I see the draw of, of the main event. But to be honest with you, I was more excited for those two. Those two mm -hmm. and their debuts were absolutely amazing. And for me, I know a lot of people were saying, oh, look, well, you know, Gary struggled ever so slightly. Come on. I mean, it was his first time under the bright lights, his first time at Madison Square Garden. And to have a debut at Madison Square Garden, you cannot knock that. So for me, that for me made the prelims absolutely amazing. Oh, yeah. You know, I've been watching them shit since Facebook, bro. Like, I don't miss the prelims, <laughs> okay? Since they was on Facebook, I used to just be rushing to my computer to log in and watch those, those awful Facebook prelims, but I don't miss them. But I will say I don't miss them in person either. When I tell you that I was probably fifth in line to get in for doors opening at, at 5 p.m., believe me, I was. I got there early. I was in line with the ticket guy with a mask on right here waiting for doors opening. And I was one of the first people to walk in, got me two slices of pizza, was in my seat by 5.30 for 6 p.m. prelims. I don't play. That sounds a lot easier than member for 244, the security, because Donald was in the building. Oh, oh I remember. God. 
I, I missed, I, I think I missed two fights because, because of it. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Secret Service, they don't play. No, <laughs> no, I've worked with them play. before. They do not play. I've worked with them in my former career with them. They don't play and whatever they're doing comes first. So whatever you got to do, cut that you just forget it somebody important is coming and it shuts it down but of course with this fight everything was hunky-dory I will say I was not happy with New York I was the only person with two people behind me with a mask I understand I understand that you know they checked our COVID card you know our vaccination card and they checked our IDs which was which was cool but they should have enforced like a mask mandate as well I, I think everybody knows including you guys know that you can still catch COVID while being vaccinated. So I don't know why all those people wanted to try their hand was maybe potentially getting sick. Just because you're not going to go to the hospital because of COVID because you have a vaccine doesn't mean you can't get sick and spread it to someone else. So Mm. when I wasn't stuffing my face with pizza, popcorn, Twizzlers, I ate all these things, by the way, a cheeseburger, I can keep going. I I had horrible y'all. And when I checked my account, I was like, bitch, why did you eat your damn check? But I wore a mask when I wasn't stuffing my face. And I just, I couldn't find the person with a mask, Mike, except the two people behind me. And Chisanga, the people, it you know, the Madison Square Garden representatives, the people that work there, the people that swipe your card, you know, your ticket, no mask. Oh my God, man. I, it just, it, it's baffling. Like I, I went to uh, I went to a comedy gig not, not, not too long ago and it was me, me and my wife were one of, very few people wearing wearing a mask it just completely baffled like i'm i just don't understand like i i get it some people are just like oh well i'm, I'm sick of wearing this but at the same time you, you, as, as you pointed out there we all still know that you can still catch catch this and believe it or not and give it to someone else yeah, and, yeah exactly so y'all remember I mean, oscar de la hoya he was vaccinated all up yeah, in the hospital hooked up to some machines and with a card canceled i don't know why average americans who don't make as much money as oscar don't have the health care like him think it's okay not to wear a mask and in fact y'all when i was waiting in line i heard i call them patriots the patriots behind me were talking about not wearing their mask and like waiting for trouble you know if security asked them to like i'm not wearing this shit you know what i mean like they were talking tough about not wearing a mask and being forced to unbelievable such well, a turn off you know you won't be able to talk tough when you get COVID and you're wiped out for however many days or heaven forbid worse happens to you i yeah, got the tickets from i got the tickets from someone in the uk he couldn't make it there was an wow. issue with vaccination. Yep, it's a UK account. I tried so hard to get the other tickets sold for him. I really did, but nobody could like take the tickets. But he had some vaccination slash traveling issues with uh, the UK. Yeah. So I got his ticket, thank God. But <laughs> sorry for him. But Well, it's good it's, that he couldn't make it then. Right. And we're still in a pandemic. <laughs> Look how he couldn't make it, you know, because of the COVID. And then you got people not wearing a mask to an out to an indoor event with people screaming and we're packed in next to each other. Yeah. Unreal. Unreal. <laughs> Speaking of unreal, we do have a lot on the docket today of an unreal nature and kicking things off. I think it's going to be Mr. Malata. Over to you, my brother. Oh, kicking things off is me. Oh snap! I thought uh, we discussed something else in the in the pre pre recording. Uh, basically, as, as as we all know, the Nigerian nightmare Kamara has been retained his welterweight title with uh, unanimous decision victory over Colby Covington. <clears throat> Great fight. Um, I, 
I loved how Colby managed to, to rally late and make it a, a more competitive contest. But I'm not here to talk about the, the fight itself. I want to talk about the immediate aftermath, which I was kind of mad, uh, Dan Miri Galota, uh, and I know <laughs> I know uh, my pronunciation of that is absolutely uh, terrible. Alfred Alfredo Zolino, if he hears this, is probably going to uh, tell me I butchered the name. But anyway, I was disappointed that Dan uh, broke up the... Um, broke up the, the seminal moment between Colby and Kamaru after years of heat, these two buried the hatchet and they had uh, an emotional conversation. And for, uh, for all intents and purposes, Colby showed his true colors. He dropped the gimmick, he dropped the WWE he liked, and he showed that he is, uh, well, somewhat of a nice person, but I, I won't say he 100% is because to, to go down the avenue, which he did with his heel thing, uh, the borderline bigotry or in fact i will say bigotry in some some aspects uh you have to have somewhat of a bad personality to do that but anyway my question to you guys is now that we saw the mask the 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 the, the mask the wwe heel mask of colby to come into and come come off which he promptly put back on in the post-fight press conference i don't know if you watched that as well and I, I actually find it quite funny where he's like oh i can never respect a guy like that he's a cheater blah 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 i found it quite funny but is there still going to be a market for for uh, the Colby Chaos Covington we've seen over the last three years, or will fans just switch off to him now? And I think I'm leaning towards that way, but I want to get your uh, your take on it. And I want to start with the lady who was in the building at Madison Square Garden, who had the pleasure of taking in one of the fights of the year. G, what's your thoughts? Are you on me? Oh, you're on mute, G. <laughs> I got to get used to this Zoom, um, you know, podcasting and Zoom, I'm back. But I think he sticks with the, the shtick. I didn't mean to say that, but it, um, I think he sticks with it. I don't think he really needs to do anything else. I mean, his ideologies do align with MAGA and even though Donald Trump lost, I think he's still like working like conservative uh, networks. Like he's, he does interviews, he hangs out with Candace Owens. So he's still gonna align himself with MAGA whether Trump lost or not. And I think he still needs to feed his fan base. So he's gonna have to do something. And let's not forget, he's probably one of the most boring fighters in the world, except when he's fighting Usman. So he doesn't really have a choice. And I don't even mean that as like a dickhead or being a smart man being a smart ass he literally has to do something because he his fighting style is not for pleasurable viewing it just really isn't unless he's fighting Usman and I'd like to note that they did not create the same magic as the first fight so he's gonna have to keep up with that shtick and what he's gonna do is attack the fighters that he wants to fight I don't know if y'all noticed this but after everybody beats Usman, after Usman beats like people's ass now they want to fight the people they're ducking you know what I mean? Like now Masvidal will fight Leon Edwards. Now Colby's like, I want to fight Masvidal. Notice that when Usman slaps them back to the peasantry, to the peasants, now the peasants want to fight each other to make their way back to Usman. So they're going to have to, he's going to have to continue that. And he doesn't really have a choice. But I will say this before I give the mic to Mike. I love the moment the glimpse of, of normalcy with him, even though he had to promote himself in the post-fight conference and accuse Usman of cheating and nobody liked, I saw him whining. 
I didn't even listen. He was just straight, straight up whining, like a little bitch. But I did appreciate the glimpse of normalcy, him and Usman talking, the fact that the referee had to separate them, like enough, like go get a drink or something, go get a room. I liked it because I've never seen Kobe act like a normal person, never. So it was nice. Mike, what you think? I didn't like the fact that, you know, we saw the mask slip. We were let behind the scenes and the fact that, you know, he dropped character. I like him with his chest to just continue with this facade, this persona, basically this character which he's playing because it is a character. And that is why I feel as though he can get back to that character just like that. Because if you notice in the press conference, he was back to character. He was back to dissing Usman. He was back to talking about, you know, oh, well, I, I, I took him down. Basically with him, he is playing a character. And that is what is putting bums on seats, that character. So he would be foolish to not get back to that character. He'd be, I, I think it would be um, a travesty to not have him as the heel because that's how people have actually, you know, build him as. That's how people look at him as. So yes, we will see the return to character. Yes, we have seen the return to character. And really and truly, he's kind of underlined that he is playing a character, especially what went down in the cage after the fight had finished. Yeah, I, th I, th I think, um, well, I disagree with you not uh, liking the fact that he, he fessed up because I think deep down, even he thought, he must have thought that, right, I've been beaten comprehensively here. I have no excuses. And I think his fan base would have questioned him if he didn't give props to, to Kamara in that sense. But also, you think so? You think? Yeah, exactly. I, I think so. I think some of them would be maybe maybe not the uh, the overwhelming majority. Let's say like maybe ten or fifteen percent, which in the grand scheme of things isn't isn't a lot. But because I, I I do find his fans to be incredibly young and immature. So I and you toxic. know I was wondering like yeah, yeah and no, very get... toxic. Mm. No, I, I get... yeah. Go ahead. No, and I think. Yeah, I, I'm in complete agreement. I think we're all in unanimous agreement, and I'm sure Kairos would, would agree as well that he is going to keep up keep up the stick so then he remains relevant. And more importantly, so he carves out the future in where I think he's eventually going to go. I think he'll probably go to the WWE in a couple of years' time. I, I, I No, I, 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 truly, I truly think he, so. He'd have to get better at acting. You know, I, I don't know anything about wrestling, but when I ask uh, pure wrestling fans. I'm, I'm talking about the grown ass men that watch that shit <laughs> and they know that shit. Like they know that shit. They've been watching it since they was three. I follow, you know, they mix, you know, yeah. we've got some of those fans in, in the MMA community. So when I go to them, like, could Kobe be a good, you know, you know, wrestler? Does he have the mojo? And they were like, no, he's a horrible actor. Like part of being a wrestler is being a good actor. So they were saying, not all, but some have said that the stuttering, the, the nervousness would probably might hinder him. But I think if he gets better, he might. I agree with you on that, Chisanga. It seems yeah. like he's headed someplace where there's like acting or impromptu type of, you know, thing going on where he can be a character. And I think I, it would it would suit him well if he could just get better at acting, you know. If it's all pre pre rehearsed as well, which it which it is, then then there won't necessarily be the stuttering and and what have you, because obviously with the uh, in the back and forth in the press conferences with Usman, Usman was coming back with viable comebacks, viable retort, yeah. and then that forced him to go like. But whereas if it's in the WWE world where you know exactly what's coming, and little to well, there's obviously yeah. some improvisation needed as well, but not as much. Right. As, as as you would in a press conference, then I, th I think you flourish. I, I I generally wouldn't be surprised if like 
maybe you, the next five years or whatever. I'm not going to say he's going to be. Yeah, it will need work. Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do, you know, do you know what I think he should do if he was smart? On the low, he should be taking improv and acting classes so that when he gets to that point, yeah. he's already very comfortable being out of character for real, for real, and not like in the UFC just screaming about someone being hit by a train. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I was him on the Lilo, I'd be somewhere taking acting 101. And, you know, I wish him well, even though I can't stand him and stuff. I wish him well, and he fought a good fight. You know, I'm not going to deny him of that at all. Well, you know? staying on the fight, I believe uh, you want to bring up a topic and a certain, well, disrespect and debate that's going on after Uzman. <laughs> well, yeah, I wanted, I, I do find it disrespectful. I'm team GSP. And the reason why I'm team GSP is because his stats blow Usman's out the water, I think. And what I'm noticing on my timeline and everybody else's timeline is that people are ready to call Usman the GOAT over GSP. And I just think it's pure recency bias because he's killing the game right now. A lot of new fans did not watch GSP fight. So it's very easy for them to see a very dominant Usman kind of, you know, just be the best they've ever, you know, heard of. When Meanwhile, I don't agree. I still think GSP is the reigning goat of that division. And I want to know your thoughts on this, but let me read some stats to you real quick. Okay. Wins. GSP has 20 wins. Usman has 15. Losses. GSP has two losses. Usman, he doesn't have any. That's good. Finishes in the octagon. Nine. Usman, five. Okay. Strikes landed for GSP. 1,313, Usman 1,164. Takedowns, okay, takedown defense. Who's taken GSP down? Mm, I believe eight times. Usman, zero, which is phenomenal. Okay, and I could keep going, but I'm going to leave it at that. I think I'm going to just put it out there. Usman still has some work to do. He can clean out the division. Um, I don't think he has enough for that crown. And I'm going to pass the mic to Mike. And I want to know who's your goal, GSP or Usman? I say GSP without hesitation. Look, Usman, I do feel has got, you know, still a way to go before he's at that status. It will be lovely. It will be brilliant to have a brother up there and saying, yeah, greatest of all time. And But let's just be realistic. Let's just be honest. When you compare those, I'm glad that you actually read out the stats and you did a side-by-side -side comparison, it's still GSP edging out Usman. And for me, I, I, I just, what's rankling in the back of, or what's, what rankles me is when I think back to when he was talking about, oh, I was only giving 30%. Now, <laughs> who does that? Who wants to be um, in the GOAT conversation? Now, like I say, this, this, this for me is kind of like a no-brainer. You can't be talking about Usman as a GOAT at this stage of his career. You just can't. No, you can't. And you know what? I don't even put Kamaru Usman as second in the greatest of all time in welterweight division. Are we forgetting about Matt Hughes? Are we forgetting about the body of work from Matt Hughes? I, I, I believe, well, how many, how many former UFC champions did he beat? He beat George. He beat Carlos Newton. He beat Carlos Newton twice. He beat Sean Shirk. He beat BJ Penn. He, who else did he beat? Um, He's a beast. He beat Hoist Gracie as well. Like, I know mm -hmm. he didn't officially have a title, but obviously he was a UFC one tournament winner. I mean, I, and I think he had nine title defenses as well. <clears throat> Matt Hughes, or it's nine or eight. So, yeah. 
uh, Kamaru Usman, I love you. You're my African brother. I was emotional when you beat Tyron Woodley at UFC 235. I really was to see to see a fellow African uh, uh, breakthrough and win uh, win the first title for the continent. But at this moment in time, he's still got some work to do, some serious serious work to do to even surpass Matt Hughes, who has beaten, uh, as I said, a multitude of, uh, of of UFC champions. And then to even get close to George, I, I mean, some people are probably going to come at me and say, oh, well, different areas or whatever. But the facts are the facts. Matt Hughes, I can't remember if it's eight or nine title defenses off the top of my head. It's one of those two. Might mm -hmm. be, maybe I'm miscounting. And he's beat a multitude of, uh, of, of, of UFC champions. And he's beat two, two division UFC champions in George and in BJ. So people wow. are sleeping on Matt Hughes. Why, let me ask you a question in reference to that. Why hasn't Matt Hughes' name even come up in the conversation? I've seen MMA journalists, you know, divulge into this GSP Usman comparison, and I'm not even seeing MMA media throw his name out there. In fact, you're the first person to remind me of Matt Hughes because I agree with you, but why isn't he, is it, is it recency bias? Is it a wave of new fans that are just like, fuck it, Usman's on top because they don't know shit before the people before him? Like, what is it you think? It's a combination it's brand of values. Yeah. I, think it, I think it's down to the brand value. When you think of like welterweights, what immediately, who immediately comes to mind is GSP because the narrative is he is the greatest of all time, especially when you're looking at it in terms of other weight classes. Now, for me, it's about brand recognition as well. People will notice a GSP, but, you know, again, recency bias does actually play a part, but we'll forget about, Matt Hughes, because I have to say, hands up, guilty. Before you were talking about Matt Hughes, I was thinking, well, you know, they're, they're, this is a two-horse race, but you're absolutely right, Chisanga. You're right to invoke the name of Matt Hughes, but recency bias and brand values does actually shift him out of the conversation. Yeah, that, that's true, but sadly those are the barometers in which this this, this is being measured and I, I i went on matt hughes's uh wikipedia page as, as you were talking so it's eight title defenses and he beat how many champions one two three four five he beat five former world champions i mean and is a beast yeah man, man was an absolute beast man was absolutely and as yeah i i think sadly and I think we're all guilty of this to a certain extent that we don't necessarily go back in the annals and we we uh, we, uh, we we look back at the body of work of the fighters that paved the way for 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 the George St. Pierre's and for for the Kamaru Kamaru Usman's. But I think as MMA media ourselves and as fans, we need to we we need to remember that uh, that the Matt Hughes era wasn't wasn't too long ago. This isn't as if we're like talking about soccer and it's like 50 years ago where where the disparity in the sport would, would be uh well is it's not as it's not as much now i'm i'm fucking up what i'm trying to say basically it wasn't too long when matt hughes was on top of the world matt hughes i believe is only 48 years old he's not even 50 so the fact that uh that mma media members and fans have completely forgot about him and completely forgot about his uh, his body of work it's it's a disrespect and it is a sign that recency bias and as mike said the uh the narrative pushed forward by the brand is well and truly embedded in people's heads yeah well said well said <clears throat> and I, I agree 
Okay, am I up next? On Matt Hughes, the disrespect on on Matt Hughes, honestly. Don't get too excited. This man, did you read that book? Like, yes, right? yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm like, separating the fighter from, <laughs> from, from, from yes. That that that'll be for another podcast. That'll be <laughs> no, I do that for Colby and a bunch of them. I I get it. It's just I'm I'm playing. It's all good. <laughs> But no, it's worth mentioning. It's worth mentioning because if you're holding, if you're mm-hmm. holding someone up high, you also have to hold their transgressions high as well. That's the thing. Right, and there's some people that don't separate the fighter. So if you're one of those people, do not read that Matthews book. Stay the hell away from it. <laughs> Mr. Morgan, what have you got? Okay, I've been reporting on this sport now for eleven years, and in all the eleven years. I've never had this come up as an issue. The issue is, and has been put forward by Graham Boylan, who is the CEO of Cage Warriors and manager over at Intensity Fighters, looking after uh, fighters such as Paddy the Baddy. In an Instagram post, um, which was forwarded to me by a, uh, a sleuth behind the scenes, because I don't actually have Instagram, as you know, um, he effectively said this and I'm going to read it verbatim so you can get the context and that I'm not actually glossing over any aspect of what he is putting forward. Dear fighters, in today's digital world, one that has serious commercial value for this, sorry, for hits, traffic, views, likes, etc., you need to know your value. There is a time period in your career when you have to do all the podcast and interview requests. It's part of your brand development. The exposure is required to help build your brand, but there carries a, or sorry, there comes a time as you grow, develop your brand, and following that, you should request to get paid for your time when being booked for any podcast or interviews. Hashtag give a little, um, Give a little, take a little, hashtag know your value. Now, as I say, this is the first time in all the 11 years that I've been actually reporting on the sport, uh, covering the sport, that the question or the, 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 the actual notion of paying athletes for their time has actually come up. Am I out of pocket in my reply, which was quoting his actual words? And I replied, Delusions of grandeur are killing this sport. I will never pay for an interview. Never. I'm out of pocket for that. And I'm going to actually pose this to Chisanga Malata, the uh, the real journalist uh, amongst the pack. I, I I don't I don't think you're out of pocket with uh, with with your response and with your your. Uh... You're baffled. You're, 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 I was about to say bafflement, but I'm pretty sure that's not a word. Here, here I am, supposed to be a journalist making up words left, right, and center. Uh, you're, uh, you're shocked uh, because I was equally as shocked when the the post was was forwarded to me. I mean, I saw some people debating this. Um, I, I'm not going to name names or what have you. I saw some people saying, "Yeah, that if people are make uh, appearing on podcasts, which are different to, to interviews and podcasts that are generating millions of views, then uh, a fighter should be 
should be financially compensated for the time. But I'm going to jump in there because that sounds remarkably similar to a post that was sent to me and it was by Brad Wharton. Brad Wharton is, I think he's the play-by-play or is the commentator for his Cage. employer, Cage Warriors. He's a fantastic commentator, Brad. Fantastic commentator. You gotta give well, am I getting confused here? It was him that said that, right? I'm, I'm not 100% sure if it, if it okay. was him, but potentially. But but anyway, yeah, so there, that, that's what I've seen in the timeline. People making, uh, well, people ha- having that debate and some people raised them some, some some salient points when uh, when it came to that, but journalism one on one. I mean, you, <laughs> you 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 do not pay for an interview. Like this this is this is stuff. I, I vividly remember my first day at Edinburgh Napier University, Craig Lockhart campus. I was late. I was late for my <laughs> my first day, and this is one of the things that that, that that came up because it brings up a host of moral and ethical issues. If, if 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 you're if you're doing if you're if you're doing that unless it's if I'm remembering my Ipso training correctly <laughs> unless it's um, unless it's something to do with uh, if, unless it's something you don't pay for you don't pay for an interview or, or whatever unless there's uh, uh, what's the fucking term turn, turn of phrase I'm looking for unless it's in the public interest say right. say for instance um <laughs> well my my employers i i well i'm not going to say this is fact i i, I don't know that, um and i'm prefacing by saying that but the the matt Hon- hancock situation the matt hancock uh, video of him in his year six dancing with his uh, <laughs> his affair now i don't know if there was a financial transaction for that but in an instant like like that, where the uh, former health secretary is flaunting the COVID rules, and mm. then he's enforcing everybody else, I believe, and my Ipsos training is correct, there is grounds for a financial transaction because it's in the benefit of the of uh, it's in the public interest. But um, yeah, the <laughs> that the, isn't paying for an interview though. That is paying no, no, yeah, for but I'm just I'm, evidence yeah. which backs up the story no, of, that of course, he was but, um, having an affair. Yes, but but in if it was to be paying for an interview, it would be uh, for example, it would be a whistleblower, a whistleblower revealing revealing right. something. But um, yeah, I I, <laughs> I was just baffled because we we all want fighters to be paid a lot, a lot more and paid 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 their dues. But the the fact is, and I mean, I can't believe it. it, it, it I'm, I'm even saying this that. Although um, some some fighters and, and managers, and I'm not saying that this is a belief that's held by Graham or, or or what have you, although some fighters and managers believe that fighters don't need the media, they do. They do because we are the ones that, that tell their stories. We are the ones that that humanize them. And without us, without us over the, the last 27 years or, or or what have you, people would still just view this sport as human cockfighting. People wouldn't be connected to uh, your George St. Pierre's, your Matt Hughes, your Kamara Usman's on an emotional level if us storytellers weren't there to tell the tales and to humanize the, them as athletes. So it's it's always been a case of one hand washing the other. It, it, it really has done. The, the journalist or the media outlet gets content, the fighter gets exposure. Now, to, to, to then solicit a fee for for your for your for your client it, it it like i'm starting because it it just it truly baffles me that that this is it's, this is it's dumb 
That's yeah. why it baffles you. Some dumbass shit, you know. Because Sorry then, to interrupt. <laughs> no, no, you, you, you know, you're, you're right. Because then subsequently, um, if if if, uh, if media members become aware that oh well, there's going to be a fee to say interview, uh, let's say for argument's sake, Lerone Murphy or, or what have you, a lot of these outlets don't have money to 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 be fessing up. And how much money do you think that uh, these fighters are going to want? So I mean, is well, Lerone Murphy make 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 some decent money at the UFC? Is well, is five hundred pounds going to be enough for his time? No, they're going to want a bit. They're going to be want a, a, a bit more. So, yeah, it's it, it's something that I don't I, I don't believe is gonna is gonna happen. It makes martial arts. I'm, I'm, well, I'm well happen on the regular. Maybe it's been happening for for a while. I would I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised because some some managers have some relationships with certain outlets and and and, and what have you. But I'm wholly against the idea. It goes against all journalistic <laughs> uh, ethic, ethics and morals. And yeah, like, like as, as you said, I've, I've never paid for an interview during my time covering the sport and my time being a journalist. And I, I, I never will. In fact, no, in fact, I remember Conor McGregor was meant to do an appearance in London. I can't remember what year it was. Uh, I think it was around maybe 20, 2017 just before like the whole Mayweather thing kicked off. And this PR was like, oh, we can get you one-on-one time with Connor, but we want 10,000 pounds. Wow. 10,000 pounds. They were 10,000 pounds. And obviously they were, they were quoting that, that amount because obviously I was, I was my former employers, the Daily Star and Daily Express national newspaper, they could fess up that type of money. But mm-hmm. I was just like, uh, no, that's, that's, that's not going to happen whatsoever. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to, not going to pay for time for it if if i wasn't a journalist and if i was say like a, a separate media outlet then then maybe i'd entertain it but me being a journalist i shut that shit down straight away and i was like no nah, i can't do this this is morally wrong and ethically wrong for me Thank having you. interviewed Rashad evans fedor conor mcgregor it made me think that really and truly if the time was to be um, paying fighters, it would have been then. It wouldn't have happened, but it would have been then. Yeah. It mm-hmm. kind of rankled me when I read it because it made me feel as though, don't you get it? Don't you see the relationship here in that we amplify your athletes? You as managers need to get your athletes in as much of an amplification situation and position as possible. Not decrease that by saying we're gonna level your charge, not actually hinder access. This, I have to say, as a sport, is one of the most accessible um, areas that allow you to actually get up close and personal to athletes. We shouldn't be going down the route of actually paying for, for time, paying for access, because of the ethical issue here. But G, jump in. I think this is the dumbest shit I heard all day. I'm not even gonna front. Like, I know I'm not big time like Chisanga, but I've worn some <laughs> events and, and whatnot. And I can't imagine coming out of pocket to talk to some MMA fighter. I don't mean to disrespect them or anything like that, but like, I, I just cannot imagine. And I also agree with Chisanga. It goes against all the principles of journalism journalists Mm -hmm. journalists are here to get the information and give it to the people and also good journalism is is good for the fighter it can almost turn into like self-promoting depending on you know the piece that's written or how they interact with the journalist so it's like to me a win-win 
And I don't understand why um, this person, I forget his name, Mike. Mike, who said this again? Graham Boylan. And he's affiliated with Patty the Batty, correct? He's Patty the Batty's manager, but he's also um, the owner of Kate, well, he's the CEO of President, sorry, of uh, Cage Warriors. Okay, so um, it just makes me think like, I hate to say it, but it's like, it makes me think they're really scrounging for money here. Like they're coming up for ways to get fight. You know, just like how fighters want to fight Canelo every time they have a good fight. Same thing. I just feel like it's always some, like with MMA fighters, there's always an angle to get more money. And I think that just speaks to not getting paid enough. And on top of it, uh, before this strange request by Patty's management, I thought they were headed in the right path as far as compensation. I love that Patty's like, oh, I'm not fighting nobody ranked until you pay me. So until then, give me all the Jared Gordons you like and everybody else. Like he's down to just not fight cans, but he's not fighting anybody elite until he gets paid for it. Now that is smart. But how broke are you, Patty? If your manager's like, we need to get you paid, you know, like we need to start charging journalists to speak to you. First and foremost, I like Patty's way of trying to get money. Sean O'Malley's doing the same thing. But I do think Patty needs to calm down, you know, if he's the next biggest star. Like, I don't think Patty realizes that it's like, you don't just show up and get to be Connor. Connor had a wonderful journey, and Patty's going to have to do the same. So when he earns his keep, they won't have to talk about paying journal, you know, journalists paying. When, when he becomes a superstar that he thinks he's going to be by winning in the UFC, if he does that consistently, he'll be a huge star. So maybe he should focus, him and his management should focus on that and then figure out how to get a couple more pennies in their pockets. But this is definitely not the route. Yeah, it's, no. not, it's not the route because if, no. it, it, say, say, for example, if... Uh, if 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 uh, if Graham mandated that for all, all all of his fighters, there would be so many fighters who are not going to get coverage. The the small the smaller the, the, the smaller, smaller outlets like your uh, for, for example like your low kick MMA's who, who who come and your severe MMA's who who extensively cover cage warriors and do fantastic coverage and in, in particular severe MMA do fantastic coverage. I don't necessarily know if they're going to have the budget to then be to to, to then be paying. Uh, say, for example, your your, your Dominic Woodings to then be paying. I don't know, like a hundred quid here, a hundred quid there. I mean, then it's going to have a detrimental effect on 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 your on your on your, uh, on your clients who then you're trying to self promote. So it's on you go, Mike. So let let me jump in then by saying, <laughs> okay. Let's just imagine that what Graham is thinking, I don't know what he's thinking, but I'm just supposing this just to play devil's advocate or to play devil's advocate. He's saying this with regard to a large outlet like MMA fighting. Yeah. So I'm going on the MMA hour as Paddy the Baddie. I know that every single time that I go on there, one, I get maximum traction for myself, but MMA fighting by virtue of the fact that I'm on it also get massive traction off of my name why shouldn't I be recompensed for that no I I I, I, I get that but but at the same time uh, yeah it's no it, it's 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 a good debate it's a good debate and as, as you said I think I think it, Brad Wharton did 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 bring that up because obviously when you're it's it's different from for say me just being like uh well, obviously, the, the outlets that I write for, there are adverts on it, but I don't think the monetization would be exactly the same as on YouTube. 
Whereas say, say for example, uh, the MMA hour have Darren Till on. Darren Till, you're probably guaranteed like what, a minimum of three quarters of a million hits. And now I don't know how much that, that transpires in, 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 into money-wise. But yeah, there, there's there, there is there's an argument there's an argument to, to be made for that, but mm. but then that that depends on yeah. Oh, it, it then it makes me think: is it the journalist paying for it, or is it the media outlet? The uh, media outlet. Yeah, it would be the media outlet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, because now 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 like now as, as you put it that way, I'm torn because obviously I want fighters to get paid. I want fighters to to have a stack of cash afterwards. But at the same time, it goes against old journalists, goes against journalism one-on-one. But yeah, there's there's a solid argument to be made. Graham is right to a certain extent. But at the same time, I, for one, wouldn't sacrifice my journalistic morals and uh, and my journalistic integrity to pay a fighter for an interview because yeah it, it brings up all sorts of ethical issues and then then you might get into a situation where you pay x amount say you pay 500 pound for an interview and then they'd be like oh well i've got fight news if you pay an extra 250 and then i was just up. gonna say like how do you regulate it and yeah. then how do you not how do you keep track of or or prevent corruption as well like if you're gonna pay someone for um an interview does the fighter want like a positive reaction? You know, like, does he want a, a positive write-up? How do we um, involve compensation and keep things kind of like on an even playing field? I think once money gets involved, there's going to be some corruption. There's going to be people getting ripped off. There's going to be like, they're going to have a menu. Someone's going to be like, so if you want fight news, it's going to be $300 more. If you want to know who his next opponent is, it's good. you know what I mean? Or like, yeah. no, but I'm how do you, you regulate that? I, you know? I, I'm glad, I'm glad you actually raise the menu of prices because, you know, I, I think that it would be remiss of me. And I think it would just in the interest of being open and transparent. I used to do a lot of work with the BBC in terms of rocking up to various studios up and down the country, sometimes over the phone, but a lot of it was um, in person. And I was doing film punditry. I was paid for that. They actually came to my house, picked me up, dropped me back home and gave me coin on top of that. Why is this different? This is an appearance. Mine was an appearance fee. I was getting, as a freelancer, I was getting paid to appear on the BBC. So why is Paddy different? Why are we treating him as though, um, just like me, why is my time worth um, 400 pounds, for example, and his time is worth nothing? Gee. But at the same time, if, if we're, we're going on, on the basis he's on, on the MMA hour with, with Ariel Hawani. Yeah. I mean, the, the, as you say, the traction that you get, even if, if Ariel, I'm sure you've been retweeted by Ariel before. If Ariel retweets Bad you, traction. Yeah, the, the traction that you get is, is mm. ridiculous. I think he's got, what, a million followers on? on uh, something like that. Twitter? Yeah. yeah, something like that. And I think Okamoto's got uh, 250,000. He's got four times the amount. I mean, Ariel, well, he is a media entity in itself. He's an MMA media entity in, in, in itself. So mm-hmm. it goes back to what I was saying beforehand one hand like the one hand washes washes the other 
like he's getting subsequently he's getting so much more exposure and then sponsors might look and say oh yeah well this guy is appearing on on here so if we get him wearing our shirt and what have you then you can, uh, then our product will fly even more and then obviously they get paid that way like so mm. i mean it's yeah i mm. i i get it I, I i get it but then it's gonna raise the uh the issue of like okay so he's appearing on the mma hour with ariel Ariel doesn't have to pay a fee because obviously he's going to be, he's good. Let's say he's going to get a, mi a minimum of a million people viewing, viewing him. And then he'll get maybe an extra 10,000 Twitter followers or, or, or something like that. I don't, yeah. I don't know that's the exact, exact amount, but other outlets, <laughs> little old Chisanga Milana might have to stump up a couple thousand pounds to, uh, to, <laughs> to, 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 uh, to, to, to get that, uh, to get that interview with, with, with a big name. Uh, but yeah, I've, I yeah I I completely you you've you played devil advocate perfectly I completely agree with the point where you say time is money anybody's time is money my time is money his time is money your time is money mm. Kairos who's late time is, is, <laughs> is, 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 is money but as 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 a journalist you should I I'm I'm, I'm gonna die on this hill you should not pay for an interview you should not you you should not pay for an interview and i and and in fact i even think your, your media outlet shouldn't pay for an interview as well because that's it's, it's muddying the waters mm. it's, it's muddying the waters between the, the relationships and ethically it's it's just wrong question for you guys uh is this uh idea or tweet gaining traction do you do you think that this is something that's going to start happening or is this just a manager really feeling things out, testing I the waters? Think, I think the backlash, especially in my comments that this received, I would, in terms of ratio, I would say um, the majority of people said this is abhorrent, this is disgusting. And the ethics of this man was kind of like being called into, to, into, cost, into question. So I don't think it's got legs. I don't think it's going to be gaining traction with other athletes requesting the same thing. But put it this way, this is just one manager saying it. Let's just imagine if a few managers started making this it's traction, noise, it yeah. gets traction. And then it starts to become a whole conversation. But by and large, um, credible journalists, credible people, people whose um, opinions I respect and admire, um, we're all unequivocally saying this is bad business. This is about ethics. And us as journalists, I mean, I, I don't class myself as a journalist. I'm a media outlet owner. But they were saying this is not the journalistic code being employed in the way that it's been written. And there are tablets of stone which dictate yeah. you do not pay talent. No, and I, I, I don't think this is going to get traction, to be honest, because... The the big the big managers in, in in the sport your Ali Abdelaziz is your uh, your Cower brothers and uh, your your Danny Rubinstein's they would have tried to do this a long a long a long time ago to to try get extra right. but I think they 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 well and truly understand and I know if you use this term ad nauseum that one hand washes the other and that it's beneficial to put their clients out there and to offer them to to the media so then they can they can they can grow and and their brand can grow and then obviously. I mean, subsequently, they gain financially from it as well, as, as, as well at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, 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 I don't think it's, it's got legs. While 
I think as as you said when you when you when you play devil's advocate, Graham does have somewhat of a point with with it. And, and when you raise the example of Paddy Dabadi going on the, the MMA hour, mm. uh, there's there's legs to it. But as you said, it's like etched in stone, like the Ten Commandments, bro. It's it's not going to happen for me, and I'm sure it's not going to happen for ninety five percent of the uh, of my fellow media members. I think the percentage would be a lot higher, to be honest with you. Sorry, G. Speaking of Ali, did you guys hear that he slapped up Dylan Dennis backstage? <laughs> Good. There was no video footage. That was the only thing that made me cross about all of this. And everybody's <laughs> mum about it. Meanwhile, I'm like, what is the tea besides this little screenshot? I got my phone talking about he was slapped backstage. And also, fellas, does it seem like it's a rite of passage to beat this young man up? Like, it just seems like everybody <laughs> takes turns beating up Dylan Dennis. And why is he guy. so... Yeah, security guard. <laughs> Khabib jumped a cage to stomp on him. And now Ali's slapping him up. And I'm sure next week someone else will. But the thing is, is that, you know, he's not active right now, but he's fighting in the streets. It's like, get in, get in. What is up with this guy? By the time he gets back, we'll probably forget about him or he'll suck or something. Like, I don't get Dylan Dennis, but. Yeah. This, this whole troll know. thing from him, I mean. It's, 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 it's overplayed. It's, it's outplayed. It's, it, it's, 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 it's like, uh, what's the turn of phrase I'm looking for? Uh, played it, it's out. Done. Yeah. It's, it's played out. It's played out. And it's I mean, run its course. Be, yeah. Yeah. It'd be a bit more palatable if he was active, if he was fighting. And now I know he's been injured. He's had knee surgeries and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so he can't necessarily fight, but if that's the case, then just tone it tone the fuck down man yeah. like you're, you're not you're not on the level of you're you're not on the level of colby covington who we talked about earlier on who can who can perpetually do this while whilst he's inactive i mean respect him as a martial artist or what have you but this troll stuff needs to yeah i think it's time for him to get back in the cage too like i yeah. like fighters i think forget that you have to like win fights <laughs> like you know what i'm saying like it's not you just can't have this boisterous personality you can't just be friends with connor you can't just even patty i get that he's got a following in liverpool and people are really excited to see him let him lose three fights in a row and see what happens with fans like winners so does dana so does the organization so i don't know if sitting out is going to do dylan well and getting into fist fights outside of you know bellator but i really do think like fighters need to concentrate on winning colby too they, they, you know, I don't think they captured the same magic as the second fight. I thought it was a good fight, but it wasn't that first fight that had us like, holy shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that brought his stock down a little bit because the fight was booked because of that magic. Yeah. And it didn't happen. So like Chisanga said, he's going to have to keep up with that shtick and then he's going to have to win his next fight. I hope he does keep it up, to be honest with you. I hope, you know, he, he does lean into the brand that is... Um, Dylan Dennis harder so he can get slapped even harder. But <laughs> speaking of leaning into it, this weekend, again, we are, we're spoiled. We're spoiled for choice. We've got Sinead Kavanagh versus uh, Cyborg as the main event on the Bellator portion of this week's offering. But also, um, well, for me, what I'm actually looking forward to is UFC. Vegas 42 with my man Mark Diakese back in action this I feel is flying under the radar Rafael Alves uh, versus uh, Mark Diakese is my pick for this weekend in terms of the fight to watch he's our Brit abroad and I can't wait to actually see this now for you guys 
What are you looking forward to, G, um, of the two cards? We've got, as I say, a Bellator and UFC this weekend. What are you looking forward to? Um, I still need to take a look at this card. I'm looking at it right now. Chisanga, do you have something you can say off the top well, of your head um, while I decide? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, really <laughs> I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to Sinead Kavanagh fighting, fighting Chris Cyborg. I think it's going to be a lot more of a competitive fight than people people are, 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 are making out. People are, are, are sleeping on a shit on Sinead. And she also has the opportunity to um, to lift Ireland because obviously Ireland had the big Bellator event last weekend. And sadly for them, James Gallagher got uh, beaten by Patchy Nix. Yeah. Um, I mean, had those guys won, it, like, I mean, Irish MMA, obviously Ian Gary kind of, well, he did save it at the, at the weekend. Uh, Irish MMA fans would be on absolutely cloud nine. So Sinead has that opportunity to, to do that. Now on the on the Vegas card, I'm looking forward to I think uh, Miguel Baez is fighting Chaos Williams on this card. You I took th- mine, <laughs> so, bitch. Uh, where where intrinsically linked, G intrinsically linked. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And then who else is is uh, is on that card? I can't remember. Uh, then obviously the main event between Max and Yari, Yari, and obviously I'm looking forward to Mark, but Mark left me on two. <laughs> he left me on blue, on blue ticks. He left me on blue ticks. Mark, reach back out to me, bro. I love you, but you left me on blue ticks. But I'll let him off because I know he was like getting settled into his new house and and what have you. But um... yeah, when when did that happen? Was it 1980? What? <laughs> <laughs> let me go, bro. No, I, th- I think I think it was I think it was January, and and to be honest, right, I, as as much as I want to have fighters and, uh, and have the interviews and what have you, if people are busy, people are busy. Do you, mm-hmm. know, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not like uh, you know, like the 16 year old drama. Like, you read my message, you didn't get back to me. Blah blah blah. Yeah, <laughs> do you know? What I mean? Some people are on that bullshit deep into their 30s and their 40s. Do you know what I mean? Wow. Uh, right. Anyway, I'm I'm wishing Mike uh, the bone crusher. I'm wish, well, wishing he breaks some bones this weekend, you know? Thanks. Um, let's see. For Bellator, let's remember Aaron Pico is fighting Justin Gonzalez. Yeah. I watch all of Aaron Pico's fights. I am not familiar with Justin Gonzalez. But what I will say is that I'm looking at his record. He's undefeated. So that sounds like a pretty hardy appoint, um, opponent for Aaron. But I think this kid is developing quite well and becoming more well-rounded. So maybe it's time for him to face a challenger that's, you know, undefeated and he can really be tested again. Hopefully it's not like how it was before when they rushed him, but I'm looking forward to, I look forward to all his fights, to be honest with you. Chisanga took my damn fight that I'm really, 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 really want to watch. Miguel Baeza versus Chaos Williams. And let me see, main of card. Definitely the main event. I mean, Max Holloway versus Yair Rodriguez. I mean, that's just going to explode on our TV screens. I mean, we know what these fellas are going to do. They're going to try to kill each other. But I will say this. I do like the Roman uh, Delizzi versus Kyle Dawkins. After Kyle Dawkins manhandled Kevin Lee, he has my attention. I did not expect him. I know they clashed heads, but before the clashing of heads, Kyle was kicking his ass. I'm sorry. So, like, he seemed to be in control and whatnot. And I'm typically more into his brother or his cousin, the, the heavyweight. But after that performance, I'm into Kyle and I want to see him um, get busy with Roman. And I think Kyle can beat Roman. I really do. Wicked. Well, that wraps up 
this episode of Shots Fired. But just before I go, gee, it's such a pleasure to have you back. We oh, thank you. Missed. You were missed. And I'm hoping that those who are listening, and even if you're able to, the both of you, are able to join me and Will Harris as we break down all the action, what happened the previous night on Sunday, we'll be breaking down what happened at UFC Vegas 42. So not only will it be an opportunity for us to get to know Will Harris, and that is, he is the, um, he's, he's, a, he's a videographer over at um, Anatomy of a Fighter. You, you will have seen the videos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what that's all about. You'd have seen the recent timeline drama, and we're gonna get into all of that and more on Sunday. I'm looking at around about 12.30 your time, uh, E-E-S-T, isn't it? And mm-hmm. it will be uh, 5.30 um, UK your time. Okay. Yeah, so, I'll, I'll be there. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, Until sounds then, good. Enjoy the fights. Yes, make some trouble, as always. <laughs> well, that's the word cast, but never mind. <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't let it go. I'm saying it. I can't let it. I'm not letting it go. Okay. I'm so glad I dropped that. That just sounds so cool when he makes him dribble. No, I like it. I'm going to say it. <laughs> I, I think it's good. Like. I, think, I, think, I think it's good. He's, he's been saying, saying it, it. He's been saying it for years. Now, now it's funny. <laughs>